Welcome to 4D. Deep dive into degenerative diseases. Gaining insights through casual and amusing clinical conversations. Welcome to this bonus episode of 4D. My name is Parm Paget, and I'm one of the hosts of our podcast. And we're very excited tonight to be talking about CSM. I'm here tonight with Ken Bonacco. Ken is another member of our podcast team making his debut on the podcast tonight. So we're excited about that. And we're just going to kind of give a little preview of CSM and the talks that are related to degenerative diseases. So uh, welcome, Ken. How are you tonight? Good, Parm. How are you? Great. Very Good. excited to talk about this um, stuff. Yes. It's always fun when when we do this. So, you know, one of the reasons, Ken, that we were interested in talking with you this evening is because as a newer clinician, you don't have as much experience with the CSM. And I certainly right. remember my first time I went, I was like, I don't know about this conference. I'm not sure about these talks because I wasn't very savvy about picking out the talks. So how are you feeling about about that and knowing what to go to? Right. That's like one question that I've had myself. Because I've been to CSM before, but this was back in 2020, right before the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I was a student then. Now I'm a, a clinician. And I feel like I'm a little bit more equipped in knowing what are my clinical interests now and trying to find the right ones um, you know, at the right times, which can be a tricky process because there are so many good talks lined up this year at the same time. So I'm trying right. to really tease out which ones I want to go to. Right. Totally. So, you know, we here at 4D obviously are going to have a uh, preference for talks related to degenerative diseases. And so I thought what we could do is just kind of start going through them um, and kind of laying that out for folks. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So um, CSM really starts on Thursday morning. There's stuff that happens before that, but Thursday morning, one of the first talks that we kind of noted was um, from eight to 10 and it was, it's titled blood flow restriction training applications in the neurologic population. Um, so, you know, this is kind of like a thing that we're seeing more recently in the literature. And um, so something we thought people might be interested in. Is it anything that you've been exposed to, Ken? You know, nothing that I've seen um, in the neuro populations before it definitely has been around right in more of the orthopedics and sports realm. Yeah, so I think I saw the stroke SIG. They actually released a podcast recently that talked about this blood flow restriction training um, mm -hmm. in the neurologic populations. Haven't gotten the chance to listen to it yet. So maybe this would be a good chance, a good introduction for anyone who you know hasn't seen it. Yep. Right. I would be curious about the uh, evidence. And so I think it could be could be an interesting talk to check out. Mm -hmm. And then also at that time is the first DD platform presentation. Um, and so last time, Ken, when you went, did you go to any of the platforms? So that was a question I had for you tonight, Parm. I actually didn't go to the platforms and I wanted to know a little bit about what that is and how is that different? from some of the other talks? So the platforms are just very short kind of snippets. I think they're like 10 minutes each. 
several in the session. It's a, you know, two hour session and, um, you know, usually very interesting and have some, some good, there's kind of little projects, bite-sized projects that you can kind of wrap your brain around. So I really like it because, you know, if you're not that interested in the one that they're talking about in that minute, it's going to change in 10 minutes and probably be pretty interesting. <laughs> so um, they're kind of cool to check out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that platform. And then the other DD platform is actually also on Thursday, the 23rd, later on um, at three o'clock. So, you know, depending on what's opposite that and what you're interested in, it might be fun to check out one of those platforms. Yeah. Let's give them a look. Okay. And then on Thursday at 11, 11 to 1, is a talk that we're really excited about called Implementation Strategies for the Clinical Practice Guidelines for People with Parkinson's Disease. And as we all know, that CPG is out and hopefully people are looking at it and consuming the information. And we are lucky enough to have some of the um, presenters from that talk provide us with a little snippet. So let's listen to what they have to say about their talk. Hi, everyone. We are here to talk about our CSM presentation describing implementation strategies for the clinical practice guidelines for people with Parkinson's disease. I'm Deb Kegelmeyer. And with me today are Christina Kerminger-Morris and Beth Crowner. We are representing the Knowledge Translation Task Force. We will review the clinical practice guideline recommendations, discussing key facts for each and dosage recommendations. We will also apply the information to patient cases. We know that clinicians may face barriers to implementing the guidelines. We surveyed clinicians to find out which aspects of the CPG they feel most and least comfortable with and the resources they would find helpful. The goal is to make it easier for you to implement the CPG's recommendations in your clinic and overcome any barriers to implementation. Come and hear some suggested ways to address the barriers and optimize facilitators. Tools to implement are what you need and the task force has been hard at work developing tools. Our talk discusses the tools that we've already created, the tools that are in the pipeline, and where you can find all of these wonderful resources. We can't wait to see you all in San Diego, Thursday, February 23rd at 11 a.m. If you aren't able to come in person, our talk is also available as a recorded webinar. See you there. Man, that seems like such an interesting talk. I'm definitely going to try and get to that. And the CPG... I, you know, I feel in the task force that they've put together, they're coming out with so many good resources, it seems, both for you know education of clinicians and for patients. Yeah, I agree. I They have one patient handout that um, I've actually used. I think it's, it's a pretty nice document. So I encourage people to check that out too on their website. Um, okay, so later on, on Thursday... There are two other talks that are are worth mentioning. One is called Emerging Strategies for the Physical Therapist to Identify and Manage Dysautonomia. So, you know, a talk with another very interesting title and something that, um, you know, I certainly would like some more ideas and information on. I don't know how much you see that, Ken. Yeah. 
I, I feel the same way, Parm. This isn't something that I, I see as often, and I'm a little bit less familiar with it. So, you know, this might be one that I sort of target to go to just so I'm a little bit more skilled and have a little bit more tools to bring um, to my patients who might present with uh, dysautonomia. Yeah, totally. And then also opposite that, unfortunately, is the ABCs of dementia. And that is actually technically in the geriatric section. But, you know, the beauty of CSM is you can go to whatever you want. And they're looking at different therapies and, and which one is effective. So that could be an interesting talk to check out as well. Yeah, I agree, Parm. That one looks really good. Okay, so that's pretty much what we have for Thursday. Friday morning, going to start out um, bright and early. And the first talk that we want to highlight is from 8 to 10 called Solving the Balance Problem in Medically Complex Patients Across the Lifespan. So while not, you know, super specific or, you know, only for people with degenerative diseases, I think could be a very interesting and insightful talk. Yeah, I agree, Parman. I feel like there's more and more um, evidence coming out regarding like balance treatment, uh, like different interventions, even different like movement diagnoses for balance. And this is probably building off of some of that research that's come out. So it might be interesting to look at how we can apply some of that to these medically complex patients. Yeah, I agree. Also later on Friday from three to five is a talk that I'm super excited about. Ryan Duncan and Merrill Landers will be talking about fear avoidance behaviors in people with neurologic disorders. And um, their talk is called Mind Over Movement, talking more about some of the non-motor aspects. And I think that that is going to be super fun and interesting. And we're also lucky to have had Ryan send us a little clip about his talk. And so uh, let's take a moment and listen to that. Hello, I am Ryan Duncan, and I am Associate Professor of Physical Therapy at Washington University in St. Louis. And I am really excited to co-present with Merrill Landers, who is Professor of Physical Therapy at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, on something that we think is really important in people with Parkinson's disease. We always think of the movement or motor-related problems for people with Parkinson's disease, so things like tremor and rigidity and bradykinesia and gait difficulty, as a, those things that might really get in the way of somebody actively participating in exercise and other activities that are important to them. However, one of the things that Dr. Landers and I really want to uh, engage with you on in this session is how these non-motor aspects um, can lead to things like fear avoidance behavior, which can really negatively impact movement for people with Parkinson's disease. So we are going to focus on things like fear of pain, fear of falling, fear of incontinence, and fear of other uh things that are important to people with PD that can really get in the way of their ability to move effectively. So this will go beyond just thinking about how we might exercise to reduce stiffness or improve gait and really get at these psychologic factors that can negatively influence participation in people with Parkinson's disease. So we are really excited to uh, see you in person in San Diego and to uh, have you attend our session that is titled Mind Over Movement, 
fear avoidance behaviors impacting movement and participation in people with Parkinson's disease. This session will be held on Friday, February 24th from 3 to 5 p.m. And we can't wait to see you then. So thank you. Yeah, like you were saying, Parm, this just seems like it's going to be a great talk. And like Ryan mentioned, you know, there's been such an emphasis on the motor symptoms for Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. And now they're highlighting some of these non-motor symptoms, these fear avoidance behaviors, which, you know, is an interest of mine for sure. And I'm sure I share that with many clinicians and how these non-motor symptoms impact participation um, and, and what our patients are doing outside of the four walls of therapy. So definitely something for us to be a little bit more in tune with. And, you know, I'm definitely going to try and make this, this talk. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And then also at that time um, is another talk that looks very interesting called neuroimaging of reactive balance control, identifying therapeutic targets to inform fall prevention. And holy cow, like, you know, I feel like reactive postural control is kind of the holy grail of really changing behaviors around falls. And so, um, you know, that one is, is definitely intriguing to me. Yeah, I would agree, Parm. I'm always trying to come up with new ideas to like train reactive balance. So maybe this talk will maybe give me a, a few more tools in the toolbox that I can use. Yep. All right, so that kind of wraps up Friday. Saturday's a big day um, for us. We're going to start out by hearing from Terry Ellis about her talk. Hey, everybody. My name's Terry Ellis, and I'm a professor at Boston University. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting talk we have coming up at CSM. We're going to see you Saturday morning, 8 to 10. And I have the pleasure of presenting with my colleagues, Lou Awad from BU and uh, Brian Harris, who's the CEO of MedRhythms, and Francois uh, Bethau, who will be joining us. And we are going to talk about bridging care gaps with music-based digital interventions. And we're going to provide evidence in stroke Uh, in MS and in Parkinson's disease. And the gist here is we're we're basically going to talk about the effects of rhythmic auditory stimulus on the brain, but we're going to take it further. And, um, you know, if people are generally familiar with using, you know, music and rhythmic auditory stimulus to improve gait, but we're going to take it into the real world and provide some, you know, some data on how do you really get people to use it and what can you really change you know, about walking in the real world. Um, So we want to make it real. And we want you to come join us so we can, you know, hopefully take this, uh, this intervention to the next level and figure out ways to improve walking of of the patients we serve, you know, during their everyday lives. Hope to see you there. All right. So Ken, I love, always love hearing Terry talk. She's fun, animated, very intelligent, knows her stuff. You know, I feel like we always learn a lot. Um, You know, here at 4D, we have some close relationship with her. So we're always excited to hear from her. But I'm also excited about the other people that she's presenting with and this intervention. 
Yeah. Couldn't agree more, Parm. Like Terry's just so energetic. She can totally captivate her audience with the best of them. Um, and yeah, the the technology that her and Lou and some of her other colleagues are presenting on here. Um, you know, gotten the chance to even talk with Terry a little bit about it this and and it, it seems like such a cool piece of technology that you know what's better than maybe listening to your your favorite Beatles song instead of yeah. the the beat of just the metronome when you're doing this type of training really excited to to hear this one yeah I agree and, and I like that um it's multiple different populations I think that that makes it a little bit more salient for clinicians because we're not just mm -hmm. most of us are not seeing just one population of of patients and then um, from 11 to 1, there's actually several talks uh, that we're, we're interested in. So one of them is called Maximizing Motor Learning, Engagement and Participation, and um, with the subtitle of Applications in Autonomy. And we are lucky to have Chelsea Richardson, who provided us with a little bit of info about that talk. So let's listen to Chelsea. Hi, my name is Chelsea Richardson, and myself, along with my colleagues, Mike Studer and Julie Hirschberg, will be presenting at CSM with a talk titled Maximizing Motor Learning, Engagement and Participation, Applications in Autonomy. In this presentation, you'll learn the why, the when, and the how to utilize client autonomy to allow them to reach their full potential. And we know from the optimal theory of motor learning that tapping into motivation can be simple, but it isn't always easy to do in practice. And although autonomy might feel like a foreign topic, we dive into the literature to find that this concept has been around for quite some time, perhaps disguised as other well-known buzzwords. There's a bonus too, because autonomy is a fundamental psychological need you benefit as a provider by accessing this tool in your delivery of care. Hands up if you want less burnout. So if you're looking for practical ways to better understand your client so they can help themselves thrive, this talk is for you. But the choice is yours. I just got to say, I loved Chelsea's pun at the end of that, that little like optimal nugget at the end. Yeah, so, so cute. fantastic. Yeah, just totally perfect. And yeah. we, we don't need to say anything else. Like, no. yeah, <laughs> check it out. It'll be good. Um, all right. So, but also at that time, two other talks. One is called uh, Balanced Rehabilitation and False Prevention in Neurologic Populations. And it's a CPG. So, you know, a lot of interest in that one in terms of kind of hearing what they're going to be coming out with. Yeah, really looking forward to this talk and really interested in hearing where they are in the process with the CPG. And then from the geriatric section, um, also at that time from 11 to 1 on Saturday is a talk called Joining the Fight for Parkinson, Combating Disease Progression Through Evidence-Informed Interventions Across the Continuum. And uh, that looks like you know, some good sort of clinical application and community-based type of interventions, which if you're versed in the CPG are important, right, for us to do with our patients. So another one that might be worth checking out. Yeah, and I like in the title, you can kind of get a sense for what they're going to be talking about across 
that continuum or across that lifespan of some of these specific interventions for people with Parkinson. Mm-hmm, totally. Okay, so we're ra- going to wrap up CSM on Saturday afternoon with two interesting talks um, in that three to five slot. One is called We Can Do More, Non-Pharmacological Interventions for Pain and Spasticity in the Neurologic Population. And I'm pretty excited about this because I feel like really, uh, if it's true, we can do more and there's some good evidence out there. I really, uh, I'll be psyched to see it. So um, that could be interesting. Yeah, this one's always been a little bit of a head scratcher for me. And, you know, what can we do for some of this like neuro neurologic type pain that we see our patients present with? So, um, and spasticity. So I'm really hoping to see what sort of interventions they they put forth. Yeah. And then also at that time is um, George Falk, who's one of our favorites here at 4D. And he's talking about sleep and general health in people with neurologic disorders. And, you know, I feel like George is one of these kind of big thinkers and, and kind of pushing the boundaries in terms of like, what should we be thinking about and talking to people about? And and, you know, sleep is hugely important. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, um, to hear from him. I mean, you know, I'm not as familiar with him, but it does seem like he's going beyond just thinking about these motor impairments and sort of that bigger picture and what can we be addressing maybe in the wellness realm, which I know we've talked a little bit about here on the, the DD SIG in the past. Mm-hmm. So interested yeah. to maybe get to this one. It's again, tough when all these good talks are at the same time. So I know to do a little picking and choosing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we, you know, find a buddy and we try to kind of divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. We're texting each other like, Oh, this one, I'm not so sure. Well, come on over to this one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some of the fun and shenanigans that happen there at uh, CSM. Parma, I was curious, you know, as a, a newer clinician now going to CSM, um, how might someone like me get more involved with, you know, the Academy of NeuroPT or even more specifically with, with the DD SIG? Well, we're going to have a welcome breakfast on Thursday morning. Uh, so that would be a great time to come. So check out the scheduling to see when that is and where it is. And we'll all be there so people can come and talk to us um, about the podcast or other initiatives um, of the DDSIG and give us suggestions, let us know how you'd like to be involved. Um, so that that is a good opportunity. In addition, on Friday evening is the Myelin Melter, which is the business meeting of the ANPT. But, uh, you know, we're all there and then it kind of turns into a party. And um, usually there's a DJ and dancing and um, it's kind of fun. So so that's another thing to check out. Great, great. Yeah, I'll definitely try and make some of those. Yeah, they're fun. They can make for super long days, but it's kind of why you're there. I'd like to also um, just kind of put in two shameless plugs. One is for the Friday morning NCS breakfast, where our very own Herb Karpatkin will be talking about the clinical locator map, which has been an initiative of the DDSIG. So if folks are up for getting up early, worth checking out that early breakfast um, and hearing Herb talk about the clinical locator map. And if you're not 
on the clinical locator map and you'd like to be, please, you know, go to our website and look for a link for um, getting on that. And then yours truly is presenting with the Moving Forward Task Force on Saturday from uh, 11 to 1. So another thing, if people are interested in kind of a broader look at neurologic physical therapy um, and the new national campaign, Evidence Elevates, that could be a good talk to check out as well. All right. Well, Ken, thank you so much. This has been so fun to kind of go through all of these talks. Yeah, Farm, this has been fantastic. You know, as a, a longtime listener and first-time podcaster, I was uh, definitely excited to be on here and talking about CSM. And I'm excited to be back in person at CSM um, and, you know, networking and talking to people and hearing about all of these fantastic talks, as many as I can, at least. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you there, Ken, and also hopefully as many listeners as possible. Thanks for joining us for this bonus edition of 4D Talking About CSM. This podcast was produced and edited by the ANPT Degenerative Diseases Special Interest Group podcast team. Our podcast team includes Sarah Zoller, Katie McGraw, Chris Burke, Ken Venaco, Carly Hobbard, and Jeff Schmidt. I'm Carm Paget. Subscribe to our newsletter on the ANPT website, neuropt.org, or check us out on Facebook. And please share this episode with a colleague today, especially if they're going to CSM. Thanks to Jimmy McKay for providing music. Oh, you just want to get those bloopers. Yeah, we're going to have bonus, bonus, bonus. <laughs> scratch that, scratch that. Well, I clearly didn't read all those emails very closely. Did I, I don't think I sent an email saying that. I think I did it and I was like, done. <laughs> I just didn't communicate that it was done.